Welcome to the Cowboys Podcast. Dallas Cowboys trying to rally from behind. It's Hill. Touchdown. Big opening for Tony Dorsett. Look out. He's got great speed. Dorsett down the sideline. Stays inbound. Can you believe that? It was a heck of a throw by Troy Aikman. Everyone had to do it. Someone had to call it. But the other guys had to make it go. It's Elliott. Elliott for the touchdown. No flags. Cowboys lead. Yes, Bryant out of a witness protection program and trying for the end zone. How about them Cowboys? Touchdown, Dallas. Now your host, Jono, Steve-O, and Rodney. What the Cowboys? Cowboy Nation, how the hell are you? We got another big show here. My man to the right of me, Steve-O, man to the left of him, Rodney. How the hell are you guys doing? No, it's the right. It's the right. Of him. All right, it's, whatever the hell. Hey, yeah, just remember, with a math there. <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right, but three lefts do. <laughs> hey guys, uh, we're we got Barry Gibson on the on the show today. He's uh, he runs his uh, official America's Team uh, podcast, not podcast, his own uh, Facebook site, and we've got him on. He's in Seattle right now. Barry, how the hell are you? How about them Cowboys, man? It's oh, good to be back on you guys. So missed you guys. Well, man, you know now. he he has all this jubilation in his voice, That's and good, here I am. I'm like a beaten down soul trying to well, work we'll a real world. I know. Down soul in ten minutes. But he, I like Barry. He's got he's upbeat. I, I like his optimism right now, just in his voice. Yeah. Well, Barry's always. Like hey guys, that. I just came from the mothership last week, where you wouldn't believe how many diehard fans was out there and the love that was in the air, and just with that cap off with that win. Oh man, it was excellent. So that's why I'm so jubilant, Steve O. Well, you know what, and and it was a huge win because the Giants, you never know what the – they're like a box of freaking chocolates, right? They could come out and and beat us or we could just beat them. But we've had our fair share of issues with them over the past – Well, they beat us twice. Yeah, past Uh, couple of years. Our 13-3 and season, two of our three losses was to to them. So they've had our number, but – They have. It was was nice to to put really a beat down on them. Uh, defensively, I mean they they right. they looked absolutely terrible. Like they couldn't move the ball at all. Well, Barry, we do have Seattle. For you guys, week. we do have Seattle this week, Barry. And uh, tell us a little bit about the atmosphere you're going through in Seattle, being a big time Cowboy fan. Oh yeah, just to piggyback off what Steve was talking about, that defense is just two words, you guys. If you don't know it, if you haven't heard it, get used to it. It's going to happen. Uh, I believe we're number two in sacks in the league right now, and it's hot boys. It's that defense. It's that young defense that is hungry and is all over the place, and I can't wait for them to come up here after seeing what Chicago did to Seattle on uh, national uh, television up here on Sunday as the Cowboys come in um, to take on another NFC opponent in the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be absolutely outstanding. We've got a tailgate Sunday morning with the Seattle Dallas Cowboy fans meetup group here. Uh, members from my group will be flying in, the official America's team. We've got uh, the Barrachos, uh, Alex DeVita, the president down there. Him and some of his guys are going to be coming up, the number one tailgating crew that's been on We the Fans and everything. You guys have seen them. So it's going to be a star-studded event, and we're going to kick it off at that 130 game. And I look, I will be at the game 
And, uh, you know, my wife is a Seahawks fan, so I told her, hey, you're going to be famous after, you know, we beat <laughs> you guys today because I'm going to go live in the stands with you, and everybody's going to know who you are, so get ready. And she said, well, that could go two ways. And I said, well, I doubt it because of two words, hot boys. Hot boys. And that's well, what you got there. Here's what I want to know. Barry, I need to know the cost of a ticket in Seattle to see if Lineup Media Group has a little extra funds laying around. Maybe uh, the three of us can join you because it sounds like you guys are going to have a blast up there on Sunday. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate, and, and due to the network, and that's what we're doing at Official America's team is we're building, you know, the only fan base network that you can call upon to, you know, to get resources and things that you need for, you know, your trips as you fly in. So uh, I was fortunate enough to come up on a, a, a package of seven tickets from a season holder from a neighbor um, that were about three hundred dollars a piece that we caught for a little bit less than that. There are some tickets still out there. Actually, I got a member in my group trying to sell a couple of other tickets that he has uh, that he's trying to get upgraded to. So there's still some tickets out there, but on average, I mean, this was upper deck where my tickets were at, midfield, upper deck. Those tickets were going for $300 a piece. Well, let me say this, too. I mean, normally when we played Seattle in the past, there's been some sort of intimidation factor with the crowd, with the Seattle Seahawks team, their defense and all that. I'm telling you right now, I don't get that this year. I think we could go up there and win. I, I'm very confident about our boys putting pressure on Wilson. Well, I think that's going to be You guys the... know what bold predictions are, right? Right, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there, a bold prediction. We know that all the Earl Thomas talk has been about Dallas Cowboys, him being a Cowboy uh, before the beginning of the season and how that uh, narrative's kind of played out. But if you look at that, Seattle defense is totally depleted. If you look at that offensive line after the performance they put up on national TV and how the Hot Boys got – uh, actually, I'm sorry, how Chicago got through them. I mean, you know, the hot boys are just licking their chops right now on the defensive side of the ball. And then the way we got the playbook open with Dak, Tavon, and everybody else last game against New York coming up in Seattle, yeah, the crowd is going to be hyped. The way they've got the, space, uh, the stadium built is acoustically for the 12th man. Um, you know, the loud, they're very loud up here, but they don't really have a lot to be loud about. They're 0-2. There was even talk I heard on radio about Russell Wilson maybe not even playing this game. I don't know if you guys can verify that, but that's some rumor mill that's been circulating around, and I wouldn't doubt it after the beating he took down and knowing the hot boys are coming in there. So uh, I don't see any intimidation factor there now. I think the Cowboys are going to come up here. They're going to wreck shop and make a statement on Seattle, and we will get this train rolling like we did back in 2016. What is the over and under on how many sacks we're going to put up? You know, I, I'm saying at least five at a minimum. Five, you know, five. with uh, I, I think, uh, you know, between, yeah, Jalen is coming on strong. Uh, Sean Lee was a little nicked up, but I think he's practicing and he's going to possibly play. Uh, and just everybody else, you know, with uh, Demarcus Lawrence, those guys, they have been just wreaking havoc. Even Taco Charlton got in there that game, got a fumble, thanks to a strip sack, I believe, by uh, Demarcus Lawrence. So they're playing at a high level right now. They're excited of you know, after what they did against New York and a division opponent. And now they know, okay, here's our chance to go up on the road in a loud stadium in an NFC team, and they got to put the smack down because of what they did to us, what was it, right before on Thanksgiving last year, that embarrassing performance we had that right. eventually knocked us out of the playoffs. They got revenge on their mind. So I, I, I'm excited. I know they're going to come up here and do what they got to do. How much fan base do you have up in Seattle? You know, this uh, – there's a lot of military up here because, you know, I'm retired military, so I pay attention to that. Uh, this meetup group has a few hundred folks. Uh, David wow. Krause is the leader. Um, if you don't know who he is, uh, they did a story on him about five years ago up here in Seattle Times. So he's been running this meetup for a while. 
I actually got with them last season uh, during the Raider game when we won that by the, the folded paper. I think everybody remembers that. Um, that was the first time I got together with them at their experience, and we knew that the Seattle game was coming up, so we wanted to uh, promote and help uh, you know, get off a big tailgate event uh, for the fact that you know, Cowboys fans can roll in here and have something to be excited about this season. Right, right. Well, I tell you what, we can't wait for this game. This will get back at a lot of misfortunes we've had with Seattle, and now we can start a whole – I tell you what, this could start us a whole new season, fellas, if we go up to Seattle – and open up some whip ass. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I, I'm, not, a, I'm not a big fan of uh, this, uh, what do you call it, Hot Boys or something? I like the Doomsday. I, I, like, I like our old defensive names like that. I, this, this really sounds like a disco club here. Come on, Barry. We got, is, this, is this what they're calling it now? <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what. You know, a lot of those young guys, you know, they're very big in the music. you got to understand, uh, we're like yeah. the sixth youngest team in the league. I, the average age on our team too. is 26. I know. I yeah, know. but no, I grew up. I grew up during that era. So the Hot Boys was a famous rap group, uh, uh, you know, uh, out of New Orleans. You know what I mean? It was a, a song I believe that they did, uh, you know, with Lil Wayne and those guys. So those that are listening know who we're talking about. So for us old folks, it's kind of hard for us to grasp. No, it is. Well, I see uh, Barry. I see Rodney over there. He's doing a Chippendales dance, thinking that's the Hot Boys, <laughs> and, and Jono over here is doing a <laughs> he's doing the river dance with the sausage fingers. Yeah. And 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 oh, he thinks Lord. that's the hot boy. So, I, but hey, I feel it. I feel the love here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know what? Whatever gets us there, I'm all for it. When we get that silver star on our helmets, it's something good. And I tell you what, I think our offense is going to be rejuvenated on the outside here with our wideouts now. With Bryce, Bryce Butler is now back in the picture, and I think uh, we needed a veteran back there. Yeah, it's going to well, be important. Like, that's I, for like sure. I was. Go ahead, Barry. I'm sorry, Steve-O. Like I was saying, going back to that bold prediction that I didn't finish as I got off on one of my jubilant tangents. But uh, after we come up here and win, I believe that Seattle's going to make a trade to to Dallas with E.T. and probably package some defensive players and a receiver. I mean, think about it. Now I think we have seven receivers in the depth chart. We don't need seven receivers. Do we even have a backup quarterback? You know what I mean? So I think they're they're getting ready to make a play there because uh, I don't think we're going to keep all seven of those. So I wouldn't be surprised that after this weekend – one or two of those receivers are traded away because I just don't foresee us keeping that many on the roster. But then again, I could be wrong, but that's my bold prediction. I think they're going to make a play for E.T., give up an offensive and a defensive piece, maybe a pick, so they can try to get E.T. and solidify that back end so we can get to the next level uh, and make a deep playoff run this season. Do you feel that um, that that Seattle had their run? And I've always been – I've I'm the one that said in the NFL you got a three-year run – maybe four if you come out of nowhere before you have to do some sort of rebuild. You know, take the Patriots out of it because they've, they rebuild every year except for their coach and uh, a couple of players there. But for the most part, these teams that, you know, have these stellar defenses like Seattle did for, you know, three, four, five years there, the Legion of Boom, they get older, you get some injuries, you get some guys leaving free agents. They're going to have to retool, right? Is that what we're seeing right now? Well, yeah. I mean, you go back four years in 2014, I think. Wasn't that the year that Seattle beat uh, Denver in the Super Bowl? Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you are right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you go back four years and you look how that defense has dissipated and now everybody is gone except for E.T., all of those major players. You're talking about Cam Chancellor, it's about uh, Richard Sherman, um, you know, those guys, I believe when somebody else got traded, was it Cliff Averill? Not Cliff Averill, another player, they got traded. 
Um, so they've dissipated. And you, if you looked at Russell Wilson's face last game when he was getting sacked, you could almost see what you're talking about, Steve-O. Like, man, you know, are we going to be able to put this together? I am just getting, uh, you know, shredded back here. So it'll be interesting to see not only what happens after we come up here to win this game, um, what's going to play out with the Seahawks organization. So I'll be staying in tune with that, and I'd be interested to come back on you guys' show and tell you, you know, what I hear in the rumor mill up here with, you know, as a result of once that happens. But, yeah, I mean, it's a small window. And like they say, the NFL stands for what? Not for, Not long. for long. That's our so friend Rich Grogan. You got to make it happen. <laughs> and I think we're, yeah, I think we're just in the beginning of that window now. And I believe that's the culture um, that everybody's been resistant to, uh, you know, with Will McClay and, and, and Stephen Jones making those calls, getting this team to be the sixth youngest team, getting some playmakers on there. But adding a veteran like uh, E.T. in that backfield is just going to solidify it. But the way forward, um, I mean, even if we don't happen to pick him up, the way that the Cowboys are moving forward, you know, we see Chris Richard. There's a video floating around of what he did with Kayvon Frazier during that New York game where he missed the tackle on Eli and then got right back in the game after Chris Richard sat him down on the sideline and said, look, we know you. You are the player who you are. Forget about it. Go to the next play. We know that you can tackle. Get out there. And that type of coaching, I think, is, is really contagious and what's got this hot boys thing going. So they just going to have to ride the momentum. But they're in that window now, Steve-O, like you've been talking about, I think over these next four years, we're going to see a couple of uh, bowl appearances. Hey, Barry, what, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts on uh, what you're going to expect from Dak Prescott this week. You know, week one, he wasn't real sharp. He was inconsistent. Last week against the Giants, he looked like a totally different person where it looked like, you know, it was his team. It, you know, like they, we dictated the tempo. He ran, you know, he ran the ball, he threw the ball, he did a little bit of everything. Um, what are you kind of thinking, you know, what are you expecting from him this week in a tough environment? Obviously, Seattle is 0-2, but, they're, you know, this is their first game at home this year. Um, you know, how do you expect him to handle that environment and kind of what, uh, what are you expecting to see from him uh, against Seattle this week? Yeah, let's just go back to week one. After week one, I didn't actually get to watch the game. It wasn't televised. So I caught bits and pieces of the highlights, which wasn't much because there wasn't hardly any highlights on the Dallas Cowboys side of the ball. But after that week, I'm going to tell you, I was like, you know, something drastic got to happen. And so when I flew into Dallas this past weekend and went to the game, their Terrence, uh, and I told him, I said, look, they got to come out and pound that rock because Zeke only had, what, 13 carries versus, you know, um, Cam Newton had like 15 rushes or something. I'm like, how does the other team quarterback out outrun a, a run team? So with Dak, we know he didn't show up, but he showed up game two. And I think the second play of last game where they came out, Tavon took the top off of the defense. So it killed that whole thing that Dak can't throw the long ball, that we're not utilizing Tavon. And it really opened the game up, and that allowed the momentum of the defensive side of the ball to do what they needed to do. But in terms of what Dak is going to bring, I think against the Seattle defense and this crowd, they're going to have to come out and, and pound the rock first. We understand you've opened the playbook up a little bit, but this that was at home. That's a comfortable environment. And I think with Linehan and those guys with Dak, and when they come up here, I think they're going to run that ball. I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Zeke, and they're going to have to try to stack that box, which then is going to open that pass run option for Dak and some of that uh, new play calling that we've seen in that New York game against Seattle. So I'm curious to see, but I believe that as Zeke goes, Dak will go this game, just to kind of answer your question. Well, with my thinking, and I think I can speak for the panel here, I think that uh, he's going to have to throw the ball a little bit to open it up a little bit more. Because now nowadays uh, the defense is saying Dak's going to have to beat us. Zeke's, uh, I mean, we know what Zeke can do, but we, we're going to let Dak try to take us on and Dak, uh, Dak try to 
uh, put us away. So what do, you, what do you guys think about that? I, I think he needs to establish himself early, throw a couple passes, spread the defense out. It only helps out Zeke. Well, I think it's the old, you know, yeah. chicken and the egg thing. You know, I mean, which is going to come first? Are you going to throw the – are you going to open it up and, and throw over the top with Tavon and that's going to loosen the defense up or are you going to uh, pound it down their throat uh, and have them keep sucking in? I think I, – I, I'm with you, Jono. I think that if I'm a defensive coordinator, okay, you hit Tavon once uh, for a big play, let's see if you can do it again. I'm still going to stack the box. I'm still going to make – Dak beat us with those wideouts, uh, and and you know let me tell you what if it if it happens two three four five games in a row, I think that's where you start earning the respect. But we still don't have that big play passability that a lot of teams have. We did hit it once, and we hit it early, which made all the difference. Right. Yeah. Okay, but you're going to have to start hitting that a little bit more consistent. Twenty five. 35 yards down the field, even if it's not a long touchdown, to really get those safeties to respect you because they're going to want to come down in the box, you know, and make that play. Well, you know, and I think that um, with Bryce Butler back this week, is he expected to play? I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping so because we don't really have that. We don't have Des Bryant any longer. We don't have that down the field um, week after week threat that the other team is going to have to prepare for. So I think you're right. I think it's going to depend on what Seattle, what are they going to show on that first series that we have the ball? Are they going to stack the box or are they going to play back? If they, if they stack the box, then I would be fine with them taking that shot downfield. Right. Even if it's not completed or, you know, just something, we're going to have to take that shot downfield. And if for some reason they're playing back and allowing us to run with Zeke, Thank you. <laughs> Please do that for us, right? So I think it's really just going to—it's really going to depend on what Seattle does first. What are they going to try to do first, and how are we going to counterplay that? Right. What do you, what do you, what's your call there, Barry? Well, I mean, my reasoning is the the, the pounding of that. I mean, the pounding of Zeke initially coming out. I thought that was what was going to happen against New York. I was totally gassed when they went over the top and got the Tavon. I almost, that's why I lost my voice. I shared with you, hey, John, can we wait like a day? I didn't have any voice yesterday. He didn't have any but, voice, um, guys. Just to, yeah, just to see that play, I'm like, wow, you got to be kidding me. Like, okay, Dak made a long ball. Tavon took the top off of the defense. This should open up the offense. So it's a double-sided sword. But at the same time, they got E.T. back there. And we know E.T. is trying to drive a point. Is he gonna is he gonna play a lights out game and do everything he can to try to to try to uh, you know th- th- to get some interceptions off of Dak? Are we willing to take that chance against ET? So I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know what's going through their heads. I just know after what we seen last game, I was happy that the playbook opened up. We were more effective. Dak was passing downfield. He took more than one shot. I believe he took two or three shots downfield uh, with a couple of other receivers during that game as well that didn't you know fortunately connect. But he was hitting folks in the numbers. Um, he did look good. He looked uh, decisive out there from what I could see in the live action. And if he come up and, and replicates that, and either way, I don't care what he does. He could, you know, throw throw passes from the moon. If we win, we're good. I'm happy with it. Let's do it. Well, you know what, Barry? I love I love hearing Barry. Well, here's the deal. Yeah. They uh, Vegas opened them up at uh, Seattle minus three. So favored to get the traditional three-point home bonus there, right? So they pretty much think that it's kind of going to, excuse me, come down to home field advantage, uh, which Seattle's shown over the years has been very, very good against other teams. Cowboys have had a tendency to go up there and win, even when well, Seattle was. close. I mean, yeah. remember that fumble? Yeah. That uh, kick? The, the Romo. Yeah. Yeah. But the bottom line is, 
Uh, we, we're seeing the line right now. I think, uh, John, what you printed out for our pre-notes here, that down to minus one and a half. Um, so a lot of the injuries play into that. But I, I have a confidence factor of about 90% for the Cowboys win. I would, If I was a gambling yeah. man, I would go ahead and take the points. Right, right. I think Vegas is disrespecting us, tell you, after our game. And, you know, Seattle's 0-2. Like, how good is your home field advantage? That the second rank, or I don't know, the second top, you know, sacked team in the league with Dallas, um, I think we're at, what, 11 sacks or some crazy number, like nine or something like that, to come in. You know, that's just Vegas. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, historically we know. Going back to 2014, I think after this game, I think Vegas changes how they rate Seattle when we come up here because – I, I'm with you, Steve-O, 90% to 100%. Them guys got momentum on that defensive side of the ball. They are hungry. This hot boys thing is getting out there. Uh, they, they blew it up last game, and they're, at, they're, they're ready to come up here and repeat it again. You know what I mean? When you're having success like that, it's contagious, and they're going to be playing lights out. I don't see Russell Wilson in that offense doing anything unless we beat ourselves. We miss coverage or miss assignment or do something stupid and they capitalize on it, that could ruin the momentum of the game early. But I don't foresee that happening at all. Barry, have you noticed uh, Russell Wilson's game change over the, you know, from even early last year to this year? I don't want to compare him to Eli Manning, but, I, I mean, Eli has a tendency to lay down when the, when the rush gets in there now that he's a little bit older. I saw watching that game against the, the Bears last week, it just seemed like, that wasn't the Russell Wilson of a couple of years ago where, you know, whatever it took to make a play, he was going to do. He looked a little bit more skittish. Like he found receivers back then. Now, yeah. when he, whenever he threw the ball, he found some magic by finding uh, – is it the tight end not being there anymore, Graham? Uh, yeah, boy, I, mean, I would think something so. something to do with it, too. They worked good together. Well, let's, let's look at it. Before uh, the exit of Marshawn Lynch, they was a run-first team. Once Marshawn was gone and they lost that, Russell was scampering. I mean, he was making some plays with, with Marshawn there because they had the run-first option. They had that the Legion of Boom. They had all of it. It allowed Russell to, to have, you know, total flexibility in his game and no real pressure. All he had to do was do his job. Um, and that's uh, no knock on the Patriots anything like that. I mean, with their slogan, I could care less about them guys. But, I mean, the guy, he, he literally did his job. But now with those pieces, Graham gone, he's only had Baldwin. Now we see the emergence of Lockett. Um, and really, they've got a couple of other uh, 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 tight end guys. I don't even know their names, but they've made some plays. But they don't have enough consistency on that offensive side of the ball. And I think that's where they're going to run into trouble. And I think that's where our defense is licking their chops, that they know that they, they're, they're a wounded duck right now. And I would even be surprised, like, I mean, I don't even see them putting up over 14 points against our defense. I mean, we held, what, New York? I mean, they scored late. And, and which that's a whole other separate conversation on how that game ended against New York. We should have really, you know, held our foot on their neck and not let them score it at all to really bump that defensive ranking up. But they allowed them to score in the end when, you know, we got to know how that's the next level for our defenses, keeping our foot on their necks the whole game and, and, and stomping them out versus allowing them to kind of get some garbage time points to come back and make it look like it was really kind of a game, which I think you guys would agree at the end of the score with New York. But going back to Seattle's offense, I don't think they've got the firepower. It's definitely changed. They don't have an identity offensively. Russell is running back there around there scared. And, man, the hot boys are just licking the chops right now. Five sack minimum, guys. Five sack minimum. Okay. Do you guys think, I'll I'll ask all you guys this, uh, Chris Richard being a Cowboy defensive back coach now from Seattle, 
I think he's got these young kids in the right direction. These guys are playing to where I'm not even bringing up DBs in our conversations anymore. I got our young kids really playing good. And this is from Legion of Doom, a vintage defense coach coming to Dallas Cowboys. And you're seeing it happen in front of our eyes, and that's Chris Richard. How much do you guys give credit to our defense being towards this guy? Well, A, you need the players. Okay, and we've drafted well um, with, with those guys, and we put an emphasis on them, right? And we've seen the evolution but they of were these. So raw last right, year, right? We've yeah, seen the young. well. They they're they young. showed signs last year of being able to to do this and shut down. Richards coming over, huge, huge, huge for us to make that because I think that's a, you know it's a copycat league, and, and Seattle had a ton of defense or a ton of success with their defense, but that's hey, where that guys. Yeah, you can't beat it. Yeah, Chris I mean, Richard, Chris, Chris Richard knew that defense was on a decline. Why do you think he left? Right, right. Why I do you know. think he came to the sixth youngest team in the league? Well, he, you don't think he's seen that potential? And especially, oh, now you're throwing America's team, Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, most lucrative sports franchise, you know, worldwide branded. I mean, come on. Let's look at, you know, I said this, there was a conversation in our group the other day, and I'm sorry to hijack your point there, Steve-O, but there was a conversation the other day in our group that uh, at a Fiscal America team that if you look at what Sean McVay is doing, now this is a comparison. He's a young coach. They've got a young team. They're doing some things differently. This old coaching mentality of all of this other stuff is going away with all of this technology now. They're getting younger, faster, more mobile coaches that can relate to these younger players and become more effective with them because I I firmly believe that some of these older coaches are out of tune with some of these younger players just in in real-world experience, and you got to have somebody, and I think that's a big part of what we're seeing done in L.A. and why they've turned that thing around so fast. So going back to that, Chris Richard, there's been a lot of talk within a couple of years that, you know, things don't pan out the way they do. That guy could be catapulted up the ranks in the Dallas Cowboys staffing organization. There's no doubt about that, and that was going to be my point, Barry, is that you're talking if this guy continues to do this. My only complaint with our defensive backfield has been Jeff Heath, who wants to be uh, Cam Chancellor. And he doesn't want to wrap up anybody. He just wants to hit him with the shoulder. And and he's he's not quite there yet. That's my only complaint. But this is going to catapult him. If he transformed this defensive backfield into another Legion of Boom, that he will be a head coach within two years. He will take over the reins of some yeah. NFL team. How about our team? For the love of God, why not our team? Let, let him stay. Okay. The, uh, I, I, possibly. I, I, there's possible. You know, I mean, why not, Rodney? I, well, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I'm, I, I'm, ex- I'm glad we have him. He, I think he's going to – he's he's clearly changed, and not only changed, but molded young football defensive backs the correct way, right? Like he doesn't have to necess- – I think it's a perfect s- uh, scenario for him to be able to come in, work with young guys who are still being taught the ways of the NFL, right, rather than – um, a more veteran guy who may already kind of be set in his ways. But, you know, so clearly night and day, young guys, we had, we knew that Xavier Woods and Byron Jones and Awuze, were, well, they were all immensely talented, right? So without a doubt. And if he continues to mold them and our defense continues to improve, I'm, I'm with you. He's, he's going to be – he's yeah. going to be named. But my point, I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, you know, let's let this season play out. Let's see how it goes. And we don't need to name I, him our head coach today. But I think, I, I think uh, with what Barry just said, I think you're looking at Marnelli and you're saying, well, you know what? 
maybe he's losing touch. You're seeing this year, this is the first year I'm seeing in a long time, I'm seeing DB blitzing. I haven't well, seen that. Well, that's not Marinelli it. style, no. Yeah, so I no, think, and I, th- right. I think it's our man R- Richards who's uh, thrown that into the Probably. game plan. Yeah, yeah. And I it, like it. And, and you got to realize that this guy was overshadowed by Young Cat. a, a, a Pete yeah, Carroll. You know, you know, we got Kayvon Fraser. This guy is it, it definitely could be an ET in the next couple of years. This guy's passion, his ability to play, everything that he's fought. And you see that guy as he's developing back there. Even if we don't make a play on ET, Kayvon Fraser is going to be, along with, 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 uh, with Byron Jones back there anchoring that defense. Yeah, I get it about Heath, but – Hey, I think we've got a couple of people that are expendable back there in Jordan Lewis and Heath that maybe this, they could pull this off. But I agree with you. I'm not ready to name Rashard the head coach or anything like that. I'm just saying pay attention to the trends. Look at what Sean McVay is doing. Look at what some of these younger coaches are doing with some of these more talented squads that they've got. And Chris Rashard, I think, seen that. And I think he's seen the decline in Seattle. And you always got to be looking for the next opportunity as a coach. I mean, I've never coached, but any time in life, you know, you got to know when a good thing's about to run out, like Steve-O was talking about that four-year window, to get in with the Cowboys and pay attention to look to know where that thing is going. They see Will McClay make the draft calls along with Stephen Jones and them getting more flexibility with that. Jerry kind of backing away a little bit. So it, it could come all together this season where they could put that all together and then we'll see what happens. But, you know uh, what I mean, let's just concentrate on week one now. I think they need to come up here and spank Seattle. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. I'm, I'm totally for that. And one more thing I'd like to add to what Barry just said. I don't think Philadelphia looks damn magnificent right now either. So, you know, if they play the way they are, and we keep moving forward. I mean, it seems like we were m- much more passive. Now we're getting more aggressive. We get- we got everything going our way. Everything going our way, Barry. Uh, hey, partner, uh, tell us a little bit about your group on Facebook. Yeah, Official America's team, over 12,000 diehard fans. Uh, you know, we have a site also. Uh, it's been built by fans for fans. We're sharing the stories of our fan base. Like I said, I was in Dallas this weekend at the game. There was multiple events that I attended. You'll see that there's some stories we're putting up there about our fan base. Um, we're sharing our fan base stories and basically connecting with fans from social media through this group. Um, we know Cowboys Nation spans worldwide. I just hooked up with the fan club in Mexico. We got their story out there. We've got a fan and fan club in the UK. You got about 30 to 40 different major fan clubs that were there this weekend. So our fan base is absolutely um, ecstatic about where we're going. Our group is connecting those folks, and our site is the only site that's sharing those fan base stories. So check it out at officialamericasteam.com. You can find us on Instagram at officialamericasteam and on Facebook at officialamericasteam. Um, where you can stay in the know of what's going on with the fan base as we highlight our fans. I appreciate that plug, Jono. Thanks. Oh, definitely. Definitely, Barry. Give us a final version of uh, what you got here. What's the final score here? Mm. Uh, you know, I think it's going to probably be around 28-7 to 14, something like that. I don't, Like I said, I don't foresee them getting two touchdowns on us. If, as long as the hot boys and our defensive can come in there and hit their assignments and do their job, they're going to shut it down quick. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rod Smith – who used to be on the Seattle Seahawks coming in to back up Zeke late in the game for garbage time as he's going to put it down on his former team. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. He's got me pumped up. Thank you so much, Barry. And I'll tell you what, man, uh, you can come on our show anytime, anytime. You got you got a hall pass with us all the time, brother. We, we love you having uh, you being on the show and uh, be, you being part of it. So uh, anytime you want to come on and – Again, I love his site. I go to his site all the time. I get a lot of information from his site. Matter of fact, probably some of the information I got 
in front of you guys today is from his site. So I appreciate everything, and you guys got to check out his site and put a big like. That's for sure. Thanks, Barry. You have a good one. And Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. See you next time. All right, Barry. See you, Barry. That was Barry Later. Gibson, our guy here. Thank you, Barry. All right. Hey, guys. Hey, got me pumped he, up. I, Hey, I'm fired up. Anytime we're getting close to uh, NFL football, which, you know, we're cutting this on a Thursday. We're a couple hours away from Thursday night football. Um, it it makes it a good weekend, that's for sure. It's going to be a great weekend for me. Saturday, I got my Mizzou taken on Georgia. Boo. That I'm really pumped up What about about Illinois tomorrow night playing Penn State? Anyone? What the hell is that? Friday night game. How about about Culver Stockton playing somebody? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I, I definitely see the Cowboys winning this one. I'm looking at a 23 to 13 type of game. Well, that Jono would total up if I have my socks and shoes off to 36, 36, which makes that the underplay. Would I believe is sitting somewhere around that 41 and a half, uh, Rodney? I believe that is the case. Yeah. Okay, I am at the 20 to 13 Cowboys. I also like the under on this one. Yes, uh, quite a bit. I do. I like the under too. I don't. You what know, is the under, boys? I mean, forty-one and a half. Forty-one and a half. And there's them. been a lot of action on. So Dallas was actually favored at one point in time by a point, and now it's shifted back to Seattle at one and a half. So there's been quite a bit of movement here. Uh, the over/under stayed pretty consistent. So that tells me that I don't know it. I always get leery of the under in the NFL, right? I feel like you're going to say the under. Next thing you know, it's I mean, it's only well, 41 so, and a half. That's not a lot of points either. But, that's not a lot. So here's what I. What, it's a tough environment. I think, yes, I get it. Seattle is not the Seattle of the last five years. We all know that and, and, and believe that. But this is their first game at home this year, and they're going to be a little butt hurt because they're 0-2, and they're going to want to try to prove something. Now, if Especially we come out – Exactly. If we come out early and we kind of knock them down in the first half, I think that's when they might lay down. I But I don't think – the first quarter, I don't think – they're going to think that they have a, just as good a chance as anyone to beat us. So we're going to have to, again, take over and dictate how we want the game to go. So I'm still I'm probably still leaning towards the under. I really see this kind of being a slug – it's kind of a slug fast. So I'm going to go 20, 20 to 14 Cowboys. All right. Well, you, really, you really stepped up there. I yeah. got 23-13. He's got 20-13. And you, you went with 20 to 14. Yeah, what's wrong? What do you want me to do? <laughs> one, fucking, one point, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I somebody did tell me the psychology behind the, the NFL gambling with the over-under the other day. They said people love to bet the over because you can win that bet in the first half. You know? you. I mean, just like, uh, right. what was it, Pittsburgh, yep. Kansas City last week hit the over first half. They hate the under because it takes a full 60 minutes of football. Right, because it's never over. Those it's not over. Exactly. Well, my, the way I see it, the way I don't like the under is because if my team needs to score, that'll screw up right. the under. And I'm like, damn, it's a catch-22 here. I need, yeah. to, I need to win, but now I can't have a score either. So, you know what? It's, it's a tough gig. So, I usually, when in doubt, I – for psychology purposes, I usually bet against the Cowboys because <laughs> if they win the game and I lose a bet, then I figure the 50 bucks that I lost is I bought a win. Hey, great, man. It's, I mean, Jerry Jones should be actually cutting me a check back for betting against them. But if the, if I lose, if, if the Cowboys lose a game, which pisses me off, but I win the 50 bucks, then I'm, I'm happy. 
Are you happy? Not, not 50 really, but bucks, fifty bucks. Judas, you prick you. Yeah. Okay, not all of us are multimillionaires <laughs> like you, Jono. Oh, don't throw that at me, yeah, Steve-o. It's only fifty bucks. <laughs> what the hell can you get for fifty bucks? You can't even take a family of four to IHOP for fifty bucks. I got a coupon in the car for a free short stack he because I did the, the online the survey. Yes, king I can. King of the coupons. Yeah. King of the coops. All right. Well, Rodney, so uh, you're saying 2014. You're saying No, no. Apparently, it's not good enough for you. I can't well, say 20. Well, I mean, you gave a three-minute sermon on what you think, and then you just increased it by one point. Well, when it's 20 to 14, next week, you guys will be like, wow, okay. Rod's pretty smart. He, he's right. Yeah. I'm 20 to 13. Well, what right. do you guys think of ba- Bailey joining uh, joining up with um, – so, Oh, what the hell? Who, which team did he join? Minnesota. 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 Good move for Dan. Well, after watching Minnesota play last week, I I would God sign Dan, Dan Bailey, they too. They had those Holy cow. didn't they? They had Holy them. cow. They had them. But was that not I feel bad quintessential Rodgers, though? I mean, is it, I, I know you hate the guy. I hate him. I he know you hate him. He should not have won. Him. He's on the bench, and you've seen him throw the towel down like I, I we lost. It. I get it. You don't I mean, like him. I mean, what kind but... of damn luck do, do these Packers oh. ever have? One year it's the referee with the whole Dez thing there, and now this, this. This guy couldn't hit a goddamn side of a barn 10 yards away. I'll take Aaron Rodgers. I, this team. guy, I mean. No offense, Jono. I, I am – no, getting I mean, I, used to seeing yeah. him just in impossible situations. Look, I, I want I want to be with him at the crap table. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and, and it, there's a difference, Jono, between a Tom Brady who surgically comes down and, and, and I mean he's like a you know a, a slice here and a slice there and a, he's it, Dexter. He's Dexter, <laughs> and 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 uh, Aaron Rodgers is the guy is the guy in The Shining where he just takes the axe to the old man. Yeah, I mean he just he, he dashes you. He cops you. Yeah, he chops your head say, off. All work and no play makes Jack, Jack a dull, dull boy. boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean he will just murder you and there's a difference i mean you can almost take the tom brady it's like a paper cut it's like ow 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 next thing you know you're dead and rogers just comes out with an axe it's unbelievable sounds like that fight i watched uh over the weekend ggg uh, oh yeah triple g triple g and uh that other uh mexican guy what was his name why do we have to go there I honestly, I, I, I'm not I tell a big you what, I, I thought Triple G won the fight. Canelo. Are we talking about boxing or UFC? Ah, no, no. Canelo. This is boxing. One of the best matches I have ever seen, boys. Rematch. They, rematch yeah, from... Well, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's BS. Why Why do I got to pay for another rematch? Well, they exactly. Because the first it. one was Triple good. Triple G should have won the fight. You just said why you have to do it because you yeah, were willing to well, pay it the first I time, think, so they know you're going to pay for I it the second time. I went to friend's house. You freeloader yeah. with all that money you have. Hey, all right, and he's talking about he's stuff. talking about me with a fifty dollar bet. Yeah. You know what I could have bought? I could have bought half bought the pay per view. Half a pay per view with that fifty dollars. All right, folks, that's our show for this week. Tune in next week if we get a recap show going early part of next week. That'd be great, guys. But I know your schedule uh, doesn't allow it sometimes. But you know what? It I'll, slows I'll... down after next week. All right, beautiful. things do. Beautiful. So yeah, Maybe. so hopefully we'll be able to get back on. Uh, the regular show twice a week, starting at the first like of October. I would like to do that Sunday night thing if we uh, have any. Uh, we uh, got some prime time like games yeah, coming that up. That would yeah. be really cool too, because I like doing that with you guys. Uh, are you? Our fans really love that. Our too, fans bro. love it, and I love the fact that you buy food for me. Well, of course. I mean, uh, you know, you're saying I make all this big damn contract. Why? Why the hell not? And you plus, make more need... money here than we do. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> 
from the from the group here. Jono, we are out of here, my friends. Good luck, Cowboys. Let's bring a big win home from Seattle. Go, boys. Go, boys. Tune in next week for another edition of the Cowboys Podcast on lineupmedia.fm. Subscribe to the show now at cowboyspodcast.com on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.